You are listening to Snakirikinovsk, podcast for Radio Nova. In this episode, Sophie will tell you all about the male gaze. You're still listening to Snakirikinovsk. It is now Sophie's turn to talk to us. What are you talking about today? Um, I'm going to talk about the male gaze and the power of beauty, especially in um, art and media. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the stage is yours. Okay. <laughs> so in most aspects of our life, um, we live and have lived in a world that's dictated and dominated by men and male-favoured structures. Um, this could be from movies to books, arts and advertising. Everything has been subjected to the male gaze at least once at some point. Um, so starting with the male gaze, if anyone's not familiar with what it is, it's a common theory that's like studied in film and art studies which implies a kind of non-neutrality in the act of seeing, um, which basically means that social structures are processed differently by men and women through their vision. Um, everything that we see gets filtered through ideas that have been internalised, um, which comes from a long network of historical structures and patriarchy. Um, although the male gaze is challenged a bit more frequently today we can never be fully aware of how deeply our sight is conditioned um, because it's entirely subconscious because of the way that like our thinking is conditioned so I wanted to talk a little bit about how what it means to look at and what it means to be looked at are completely separate things and they're separated by gender um, and this like gender identity like is the root of what shapes our vision of the world and media. Yeah, so historically men have always held power over women. I'm sure that's not something new for us what? to hear. <laughs> no way. Damn. Um, and obviously they, they don't want to lose this power, so the idea of like losing the power creates the fear, and in order to control their fear, they have to transform women into sexual objects and passive images in order to suppress their potential power. Um... So this is this idea is like why frequently in media we see women advertised as passive beings. Um, it's really common in like Renaissance art where you see kind of vulnerable women in minimal to no clo- clothing at all. Um, they're typically like gazing away from the focal point of the image, and their sole purpose is to be looked at. Um, and they were created by men for the pleasure of men. Mm. Um, and what's actually quite funny and ironic um, about it is that women were encouraged to perform as art models um, for the male painters but they were never allowed to go to art school and learn how to paint themselves so moving on to um, a little bit of cinema and film so in film even today like film is like one of the most um, prominent medias today that the male gaze is like so strong in um, Almost every film, there's like the female characters are like observed through the male gaze, because um, they're typically like um, designed to be beautiful, desirable characters, um, sexual beings. Um, let me see. Yeah, so I was reading an essay by John Berger, who is like a film theorist, and um, he says that men act and women appear men don't have the consciousness of being looked at in the same way women understand the objectified look upon their, upon their gender so essentially subconsciously women participate 
in this kind of like voyeurism of like the act of looking without really knowing it. It's like we're in this world that is designed um, where we have to conform to the male gaze in order to get any sort of advantage or privilege um, anywhere in life. I mean, think like job interviews for example like you could be the most feminist person ever and you're going to a job interview and you don't want to you have to appear in a certain way in order to be even taken seriously so it's this like constant battle between like self-identity and like societal identity that like women face like every day in every aspect of their lives um so yeah um moving on to media today um the gaze is like completely responsible for how women are represented in commercials, fashion, and even social media, um, and they're often just reduced to their beauty. Um, and the most obvious, I think, example or common example of this is women in like fragrance adverts, like mm. your typical Calvin Klein, um, oversexualized. Um, like women being kind of dominated by this like hypersexualized like male, which is just crazy to me that like we're still seeing advertising advertisements like that well, every single I, day. I, I, I'll argue the males in in perfume advertisement, uh, it's the same. They are super sexualized. I mean, it's a super fit dude or somebody that's very known mm. for his good looks and. You know, like the shirt is flying in the wind and there's a perfume <laughs> bottle somewhere and there's a nice yeah. sunset and, you know, it's just... I think that's the problem, though, is that the connotations of a man being over-sexualised and a woman being over-sexualised are very different. For a man that's um, rewarding and praised, for women it's degrading and, you know, promiscuous. But, but the, the women, I mean, they accept to do those ads... I, I think there is a part of responsibility. Here. Well, of course, but I think that's like the day that we live in. If you want to get somewhere, you have to take the opportunities that you get. And that this kind of structure is designed so that women have to comply to that to get anywhere. I don't necessarily think that it means that every single woman model really extremely wants to do that type of advert. I think they just um, want to get the opportunity and get further in their modeling career. Mm -hmm. I was going to say about the ads and you were saying that, yeah, the men are just as hypersexualized. But if you read between the blurred lines and you actually look at the plot of the ad, it's usually a guy going through a high security room and trying to save the day. Usually it involves the man being in some heroic, you know, character. Setting, yeah. Whereas the mm -hmm. woman, it's like, oh, no, I'm slowly falling down a roof. I wonder if a man's going to save me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it's just when you look at the gaze of it, it's always a woman in a sort of submissive needing help sort of yeah. scenario, you know? And the men are portrayed as very powerful. Like, in their stances, the way they move, you can tell that they are, like, there to, like, be the center of it. Whereas the women are kind of more, like, submissive and dainty. And it's like, oh, like, just me being cutesy, you know? I just yeah. don't think I see the same thing when I watch TV. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking about <laughs> Charlize Theron and I'm thinking about Nicole Kidman doing perfume ads and it's just like you know it's like mm -hmm, that's mm. just how I'm gonna do this and if I'm gonna walk across this room butt naked uh, you know that's my business <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know but, but yeah. I think that's the question that you need to ask yourself really is whether 
these women, especially when it's in fragrance ads as well, and it's just maybe just the women kind of being like hypersexual. Like, is that being done to for empowerment, or is that like a sort of disguise of empowerment within the male gaze? I think that's what it's kind of misconstrued. I, I went to watch a movie. I don't remember the title, but it was one of these um, cinemas. There was a lot of young girls there, and then I asked a friend I was with. Her, is the movie underage because we look very old in the setting? Yeah. Mm. And then he said, oh, no, because they're young girls. They're like the actor. That's mm-hmm. why they are there. So in a sense, it's, it goes both ways. People watch some movies not for the plot or the storyline, but because there's a sexy actor that they like in mm-hmm. there. It was Timothy something. Timothy oh, Timothy And there were a lot of... <laughs> he looks like a there we go. Victorian child. Somebody <laughs> he is very is sexy. Yeah, oh, but if you give him a sour gummy worm, that man is out for the count. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm not but to yeah, slander yeah. him. I'm no, sure he's no not. Lie was told. I, I, but my point yeah. is family made now. Yeah. yeah, well, I think we're reaching a bit more of an equal level these days. Uh, I mm. think the male gaze is like, you know, it's it's something we are fighting now. Mm. Um, but, but, yeah, to, I mean, to go back to the perfume, it would be interesting to then challenge, okay, let's make an, a perfume ad without men or women. Yeah. What do we take? Just vibes. <laughs> Literally just, just like, vibes. Just a dog. Just no, no, no. Oh, my gosh, I would buy that. <laughs> I would buy that. <laughs> no, but I think, like, that's... It, it speaks volumes, really, yeah. like, um, in itself. I mean, it, it's obviously completely up to your own interpretation, like, how you want to view it. Um, it's, like, completely personal, but um, I think, like, we are, you know, coming to, um, like, battle the male gaze more now. Like, there is, Absolutely. like, the female gaze is, like, a more kind of relatively new concept in feminist theory where it's typically like female directors or female mm. cinematographers in film who are interested in designing the women through the eyes of a woman mm-hmm. as opposed to the man and they're interested in creating characters that kind of are focused on their intelligence and their emotional power as opposed to just their objectivity and mm-hmm. their appearance. So. Uh, also, I think it's important because I'm thinking about films now and uh, it's a lot of <coughs> male producers, right? Uh, and of course, I'm, uh, uh, I'm thinking about the movies Transformers, which are absolutely <laughs> horrific uh, <laughs> in terms of uh, watching that poor woman running in high heels. But mm. um, there are a lot of male directors. It's very interesting also, also to see a, a guy's point of view, a guy's own interpretation of mm. a, a women's feeling, because we, most of the time, we are not functioning the same. Mm. Uh, we have very different ways of perceiving an issue. And I think it's, it's also good to have that. So it's, it's important not to just uh, 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 generalize that uh, uh, the male gaze is what every guy thinks. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, of course, that's but, not... But some more yeah. than others, definitely. <laughs> it's not to say that every man thinks that. It's, it's mm. not even to identify it with men as a whole. It's, it's more of a concept that is part of like deeper structural issues as opposed to being attached to every single man yeah. on the planet. Mm. Um, I don't think that every man looks at women the way that the male gaze um, depicts it to be, but um, I do think it's definitely still prevalent. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like I experience it in a lot of, like, constantly. I mean, even on TikTok, like, mm-hmm. TikTok is obviously a relatively new app. You would think it would be adapted to these kind of, like, um, you know, a more equal bias, but their algorithm is literally designed to favour 
um, a conventionally attractive woman um, to be boosted into your um, mm. your for, it's called the for you page, which is just your main like page that you scroll through, and it's like quite often you just open up and it's just like women after women after women um, constantly. So even in social media, which should be quite progressive now, I, I would think it's still very very backwards. Yeah, and I do think so. that also applies to a certain degree to like um, racial. Like mm. to be racialized as well because usually the women on your free page are like skinny, conventionally attractive white women. Yeah. And I know during the time, I think it was like 2020, like early 2020, when TikTok dances were becoming big, it was a lot of conventionally attractive white women stealing dances from people of color yes. and like not crediting them. Mm-hmm. And then they were the ones getting famous for dances that they did not create. Um, and I, I think that kind of, like, furthers your point about how, like, drastic it really is. Exactly. Um, and, like, adding race into it is a completely uh, another conversation in itself, um, which we would be here forever. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, yeah, it's, like, that just kind of leads on to, like, what I was going to say about pretty privilege, which is, like, a mm-hmm. common term used by Gen Z now, which um, basically just means that, um, the male gaze is unescapable and you are given advantages and opportunities based on how closely you adhere to um, the beauty standard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and you see you see it everywhere on social media, especially, like, especially on TikTok. It's like um, these girls are literally becoming famous for being beautiful, um, which is fine. I mean, good for them, Get obviously, the but clean. it's just like that's Beauty the way that last anyway. So yeah. <laughs> let's wait ten years and see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's so much pressure with that uh, these days, and there's a lot of talks uh, currently in Norway on on looks. Um, uh, and um, I was discussing actually today with with my daughter. I have a daughter. And um, she's like, I feel ugly. I feel I don't like my face. Oh, and, uh, you know, and she's a cute little girl. And to me, she's the cutest of them all. And I just say, you know what? What you see in the mirror, what your head is telling you is not, is not right. I mean, you know, if there was something wrong with your face, I would have already told you first of all. You know? <laughs> <laughs> there was something that was like sideways or something. And then I just said, you know, don't overthink this. This is not, this is not the way to go and there's lots of people that look at themselves and say oh I look like shit you know mm-hmm. I, I hate the way that my face is or my body is and like how many people are 150% happy every single day you know with themselves mm-hmm. it's good to be confident it's good to be like you know what this is how I am this is how I look I'm going to go on the street and it's cool um, but at the end of the day I said to her you see those people on TikTok and on YouTube and they look a certain way but what are they going to look like tomorrow, you know? Mm, and exactly. you're just going to be a good little natural girl that's going to grow up and that's just going to age gracefully and, you know, you're going to be a nice person and, mm-hmm. and do things for you. Because she was like, yeah, but uh, what if when I grow up I don't have boobs and, and, oh. and, then, <laughs> um, and then I need to have big boobs. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why? For the boys. It's like, no. It's so scary. And she doesn't even know what that means. Yeah. That's yeah. the worst thing. I'm like, she has all those IDs already, but it, you don't even know yeah. why. And I said, you know what? You want to have boobs one day? If you don't have tits, get surgery, but do it for you. 
Don't do it for anybody yeah, exactly. else. Exactly. Um, I just think it's interesting how women reinforce a male gaze on other women. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I shaved off my hair, I had a lot of women telling me, they were like, oh, my God, you're so brave. I wish I could do that. And it's like, what do you mean by that exactly? Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's not it's not brave. No. I think the bravery is coming from the fact that men won't find me attractive anymore. But I didn't do it for men. I did it for me. And I think it's just crazy how other women can just mm. reinforce what males think. And mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's just a perfect example of why um, society is so scared to go like outside these beauty standards. Mm. Like it's it's just so problematic. Like especially what you were saying about your daughter. Like mm. it's terrifying that this is like the world that we live in today. Yeah. Like so many things are so progressive, and this is like not moving anywhere. Um, I mean, obviously it, it is, but I th- I actually do think it's like a really really big issue. Like there's so much lack of representation everywhere, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's just creating like mental health issues and everything, especially mm-hmm. in our generation. That I feel like we're one of the first to kind of see it in full force. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like I could talk about lack of representation for ages. Like, I'm a dark-skinned woman. I have a hair texture. You can't see it in my braids, but I have a 4C hair texture, which is, like, the most, considered the most unfavorable in the, even in the dark, like, dark-skinned hair community. So it was hard to find products for my hair. It was hard to find... you. I couldn't straighten my hair because the type of straighteners and the products that came with it would literally fry my hair off to the point where I literally relied on braids as a security blanket. In school, I would not take out my braids unless we had a midterm break where I would at least have a week at home where no one had to see me with my natural curls in. Thank goodness for my mom who managed to drive the idea out of me. But I'm also thinking, like, we did... Most of us, I presume, did grow up... Um, in the era where social media wasn't as big. So I'm thinking of little girls who are in the same situation as me without that much representation still. And then along with social media saying all these things, like I still see people say, oh, dark skinned black women are the bottom of the barrel. No one's going to want them. Like, look at the state of their skin. I have people in my old workplace compare my skin to charcoal, compare my skin to crazy, crazy shit, crazy Mm -hmm. shit. So without representation or having an older figure to, you know, um, you know, denounce those ideas in your mm-hmm. head. I feel like it's so harmful, you know, to yeah. have that lack of representation. Exactly. Really harmful. I mean, did you guys see the? Um, I can't remember where I've seen it, but it was a video of the trailer of the new Little Mermaid coming mm-hmm. out. Yes. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, basically the new like the life um, Little Mermaid is like a black woman, and it's a video of all these like little girls like reacting to the trailer coming out, and they're. Mm-hmm like all like hysterically excited and mm. and it's obviously like amazing to watch but it's like why is this taken until now for this like to even be a thing and why mm. is there still backlash on it yeah do you see, oh my gosh, do you yeah. see like all the people saying oh scientifically ariel didn't have dreads so this is scientifically wrong and i'm like why are you trying to apply it's science Disney. to a mermaid man it's like, right. what? make it make sense <laughs> and i'm also like oh so now suddenly that it's not about a covid vaccine you believe in science mm. Yeah. Think about it. Mm. Sorry, not mm. to bring that up, but yeah. No, I also, do bring it. Excellent point. I was, um, <laughs> I was in a couple pageants in high school, um, and I there was, like, no representation on that stage. It was all skinny white girls. And um, so I've always been a bigger girl. So, like, being on that stage with them all next to me, 
was like so hard, but mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you're doing it for, cause I didn't do it because I wanted to be in a pageant. I did it because I wanted to prove that I could. Cause people were like, oh, you, you can't do a pageant. Like you're not the type to do a pageant, you know? Cause it, it wasn't like I was, you know, I'm a little book nerd. I was in marching bands. Like mm-hmm. I was, um, in theater, you know, like I was in all the little nerd groups and So I did it to, like, show younger girls in the audience that, like, you don't have to be really thin to do it. But again, like, I'm still a white woman. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm, there's only so much representation I can provide, you know? exactly. So it's just, it's really frustrating to see that everybody on that stage was white. Although my best friend, who Mm -hmm. is Vietnamese, did actually win the crown. Um, so yeah, shout out to her. She's not going to hear this, but <laughs> love her. Um, so, you know, there was something positive, but it was really hard to know that there were people in the audience who were like, oh, that's not something I can do because of the way I look. Mm. Yeah. Nothing should stop you. Okay. So, uh, yet another topic with a lot to discuss here. Uh, very interesting. And also it's an evolving one, uh, uh, with the new generations and, and the social media and, Yeah, sadly, uh, the importance of appearances. Um, but there is hope because I think women are fighting more than ever and and men's are coming on our side now. So And I think that's really good. And it's just, it's up to us really to keep fighting and to yeah, make a difference, go down the street and, and say no and, and um, not think too much about the pressure from other people who are... Uh, tits out, uh, trying to get, uh, I don't know, <laughs> you know, to the to the place they want to be, and then you're just like, well, you're gonna do it your way, I'm gonna do it my way, and and that's just it, you know. Mm-hmm. Stick to yep. your guns and your ethic. Yep. Uh, so, thank you so much for uh, those topics today. Uh, I'm wrapping this up here. Cool. Thank you for listening.